Welcome to another episode of the Impel Ford Podcast. I'm your host, Leon. This is my brother-in-law, Mr. Roe Jones. <laughs> how y'all doing? <laughs> so I'm going to tell you a little story how I first met my brother-in-law. Um, what happened? It was a holiday. Holiday. And it, I, it was a, we was, he was cooking. He was hosting. He was right, hosting. Right, right, hosting. Right. Walked in the house. <laughs> this man is in the backyard. <laughs> Cutting the whole big backyard with a weed eater. <laughs> <laughs> and you talking about somebody, I was hot, I was hot, I ain't gonna lie, I was hot. I was, I was mad and hungry. <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to get that out. I wanted to get that out of the way, give me a good laugh. That. I remember yeah, that. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. But man, you, you have a story. Mm. And um, we're gonna start off with, go ahead and dive into it. Okay, uh, all right, all right. Being shot me. nine times. 13. 13. Wait yes, a minute, hold on. This whole time I thought it was nine. Yeah, thirteen. Thirteen. Yes, sir. What, what, what was going through your mind when you laid in the street? Actually, um, at that particular moment, I I can actually say that it's not what was going through my mind. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the experience of what happened to me. Um, I never forget as I was laying in the side of a ditch. I remember an individual walking up to me. And they was like, uh, if you believe in the Lord, you might need to call out to him now. And my mind was so cloudy with just the cardinality of things that I really didn't take into consideration what they were saying because I I, I was the drilling the drilling was rushing and 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 something just registered in my mind and I I was when he said that I was more concerned about how I look physically. Right. You know, what I was looking like. And 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 when he said you need to call out to the Lord, I just cried out and said, God help me. Mm-hmm. I, I said, God help me. And um and it was so amazing how that happened because it was almost like they came out of nowhere and I was shot up and I was trying to breathe. I had got shot in my face and my left leg, my femur bone was broken, so I was hopping on one leg. Um, felt felt bullets passing me, uh, and it wasn't. I, I think at that particular junction, I was more concerned about just wanting to get home and just see my wife. Mm-hmm. And um, I just laid there, and, and as soon as I said, "God help me," it was almost like I heard sirens coming from everywhere. Mm. So tell me more. How did you get put in that situation? Well, ultimately what happened was the lifestyle I was living, um, I got put in that situation because, as I said before, I was living in a lifestyle that 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 put me in a position where, as the Bible said, you know, you're going to reap what you sow. Be not deceived, for God won't be mocked. You're going to reap what you sow. So I was living a lifestyle, as many of us would know, living in the streets. And and, and that's, let's just be honest, because I, I'm, I'm an open book. I was robbing drug, drug dealers, and um, and I had gotten to a place where I had became so calloused and so cold on the inside that... And it's just, just, just to back up, it was so funny about that because in one minute I would be robbing a drug dealer and the next minute in the middle of the night I would be crying about what I've done. Right. And I didn't know that God was calling me at that particular time. But ultimately what happened was it just it caught up with me and I think at that time that was just God's way of saying it's time for me to, to pull you in. Mm-hmm. So it, it was 
it was a situation that in slow motion, just you know, and it's been such a, a, a while since I've, 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 I didn't think he was going. It's been a, a while that that we're thinking about that. Yeah. Now that I am, is it was it was only God could have saved me mm -hmm. because I, I remember I got shot in the back, neck, arms, legs, femur bone broken, um, and throughout that whole course. It's like I didn't feel none of the gunshots. The only thing I felt was my femur bone being broken. And 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 it kind of derived from just coming, being in an environment like many like you would know, being in prison. And, and as you would be in prison, it, it builds a, a, a callousness inside of you. It builds a coldness inside of you if you're not in a position where God can call you. And when I came home, it was like I was trapped inside of what was created when I was in prison. Are you talking about you coming home before you got shot? Yeah, okay. yeah. It was like I had came home and it was it was like I was in a place where I didn't want to be the person that I was, but it was like my reputation was following me. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't just shake it. it I, no matter what I tried to do to shake it, it seemed like it just had a hold on me. Mm -hmm. Now you was how many times you was in and out of prison or did you go one time or uh, Well actually um I was in college as you. I was going to North Carolina Central here. I had a full scholarship there, playing football. Um, I got locked up my freshman year, and when I got locked up my freshman year, just that transition coming out of high school playing football in college, the transition, like most people would know, being in prison, the transition and going to prison kind of took me into a different atmosphere in my mind because now as opposed to being a college student, now you're in a position where, as you would know, it's like mm -hmm. being thrown in the belly of the beast. Now right. it's either you're going to be a wolf or you're going to be prey. Right. So I think that that type of environment caused me to have that mindset even in coming home. So how did, going from, from college, to what took, what led you to the streets? Was you getting in trouble while you was in college or was you doing things, I dibbing think, and dabbing? Ultimately, I, I think that I was kind of... I was kind of a loner, but mm. I wanted to fit in. Um, I think I think even at that particular time and being in the spiritual enlightenment that I am in now, the enlightenment that I am, I can see how God was setting me apart from mm. a lot of different things. And, and even in being set apart, I kept finding myself wanting to participate, wanted to fit in and find myself <sighs> being around the wrong crowd. And in being around the wrong crowd, um, it was like... <laughs> As many people know, you, you kind of get like a street promotion. And it was mm -hmm. something that that I try to encourage people to, especially younger people, to try to make sure that, you know, that, you know, bad company creates bad habits. Mm -hmm. And and I think at that particular junction, it was it was more so me wanting to be acknowledged, me wanting to fit in with people, me wanting to 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 especially from my childhood and how I was raised. I think at that time, I think I was kind of just searching for just to be received and to be loved. Mm, so tell me more about that, your childhood. Because you, you made it to college. I didn't even make it to, out of high school. Right. It, I, I, would say, <clears throat> I would say that I had the type of parents that financially they were very supportive. Mm. And, but I think a lot of times, like a lot of parents that we would see, a lot of times... We're not shown in how to be fathers, or we're not shown in how to be mothers, because mm -hmm. you know we're in an environment whereas you know we're holding on to so many different callousness on what 
their father or what their mother might have done to them. So in that, just saying that is just being in a calloused environment that's as you would do with your daughters or what you would do with your children, just being nurturing. So I think that that's where the lack was with me. Mm. And that kind of, it kind of put me in a position where you started to seek acknowledgement or seek love in other areas. So I think so was that, your father and mother together? They, you were well, raised by both of them? Or? Well, my mother, I was with my mother, then my mother met my stepfather. Okay. And, you know, and, 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 and now and being in a position that I'm in now, mm-hmm. I can actually say that my father wasn't taught how to be a father because his father wasn't there. Mm-hmm. My mother wasn't shown how to be a mother because of the environment she was raised in. So now what happens is, is that you would know that becomes somewhat of a generational curse because now it's implored to the children and the children implored to their children. So no, that's why it's so detrimental now that we really focus on the rearing of our children. Mm-hmm. All right. So when you went to, I know you're a preacher now. Yes. So when, after you had got shot, I know you said you called to God to mm-hmm. save you and all that. Did you completely give your life then or did you get well, locked up after that? Well, well, actually what happened was... <clears throat> It was so funny and so odd because I had got locked up for two years after I had got shot. And it was amazing because now I understand that God was particularly arranging my path at that particular junction. But uh, I had got locked up for an extortion charge. Really, it was a threatening, but the feds picked it up and made it an extortion charge. Mm-hmm. And I got two years for that in which I went to the federal BOP. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would have to say, at that particular time, after I had got shot, and I'm just being an open book, um, the only thing that I can really think about was retaliation. Mm-hmm. Um, just being in a position where I, I, the enemy had my mind in such a cloudy place, all I can think about, the only thing that drove me in was to be in a position to get my strength back to retaliate. Mm-hmm. And um, I had went to prison, and, and when I went to prison, of course, naturally, when I went there, I had went to Butner, and of course, I had fell back into the same mindset of being in prison mm-hmm. and got into a fight with a blood member, and I ended up doing seven months on lockup. So actually, me going to lockup with seven months is when God really shook me. That's when he really got a hold of me, and, and just being in that environment, you know, as most of you would know, being in prison, being on lockup 23 hours, seven days a week gave me an opportunity. That was something that was nothing for me. But that particular time, I was almost at a place about to lose my mind. Mm. Like, realistically, I was, like, I had been on lockup so many other times for fighting, for doing different things. But that particular time, it was like I was losing it mentally. Like, I would be in cold sweats. I would be laying in my bunk with my covers on me. And I would just be in the bunks just shaking. And um, it got to a place where, I just cried out to God. I was like, God, I don't know what's happening with me. And um, I kept seeing different visions in my mind and sleeping. I kept seeing me dying in so many different ways. I kept seeing so many things happening to me. And it was, I would wake up in the middle of the night just afraid uh, from the dreams that I had experienced. So I think that's when I really cried out to God. At that time, I did. Mm, so what happened next? You can breathe. Well, I mean, actually, what happened was I had a roommate of mine. He was from Virginia, and his name was Corey. And he had left the Bible. Matter of fact, the Bible that I have in my car now, he had left it there on the counter on the desk. And um, I had started to read it. And, and it was amazing because before that time, 
I could not understand the word of God. It was like I couldn't understand the thou and the thus, and I couldn't, mm -hmm. and everything was unfamiliar with me with the word of God. It was almost like I was a child, but at this particular junction, when I opened up the Bible, it was like I was turning pages. It was mm -hmm. like I was there. Mm -hmm. Like <laughs> it was like everything that I was reading. You have to talk, and we're talking about a man who participated in the nation of Islam. You're talking about a man who participated in the Moorside Temple, and you know I had so much, so much in depth studying that it was now like as I was reading, I was feeling something that I'd never felt before. It was the anointing. Now that I understand it. Mm. And um, even when I had cried out to God, and this is, I just want to just make this point. That night, I, when I had read that, I had read a scripture, and it had said, oh, my Lord. I had read a scripture, and it had said that any demons, once they are cast out, that they would return. Once they are cast out, they would go into dry places, and that they would return back. And if you allow them to return, they would bring seven more worse than they was. Mm -hmm. And I had read that scripture, and when I read it, I was like, well, God... If it's anything demonic inside of me, remove it right now. Mm -hmm. And this is it. I just want to just make this point before we move on because Go I think ahead. people. Take your time, man. I want yeah. people to yeah. really hear this Take point. Yeah. When I had said, if it's anything inside of me that does not need to be there, and I could look you in the eyes mm -hmm. for two days straight, I literally was foaming at the mouth. I was I was laying on my I was laying on my bunk, and my body was. If I don't know if you ever watched The Exorcist, but my mm -hmm. body was literally just. Boom. I mean, I was screaming, I was ranting, and I just remember just continuously just crying out to God, like, God, please help me, help me, please, God, just help me. My legs were moving on their own, my arms were just, and at that particular time, I didn't know that that de demons were being rent from me, mm -hmm. being taken from me. And um, for two nights, I went through that, and I remember that second night, after it was complete, I felt like an emptiness and a peace. And that was the first time afterwards that I felt the anointing. Mm -hmm. I felt the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And that was the first time that I ever in its fullness felt it. That's why I understand how important it is to really know that demons are real and to know that that God is real. Yeah, he is. I, I, um, I, I talk to God every day. Yeah, yeah. I, I pray, pray yeah. in my truck, right, talk right. to him, you know, just every day. He's, he's, he's important. So what you uh, what are you doing now? Well, actually, at this particular junction, I, I just I'm I'm been so blessed and I'm so grateful because I go where I'm sent to 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 acknowledge the word of God and and, and He's blessed me to just be an under shepherd mm -hmm. of a company that He's given me. Oh, wow. um, so I cannot take recognition. I mean, He's put us in a position even with the ministry we have. Um, RNS Outreach Ministry that belongs to him, mm -hmm. that he allows me to just under-shepherd, and, and even with um, RSO Home Repair and Construction, this is just an arm, if you would say, to the ministry, because this puts us in a position to not only take care of our household needs, but also be in a position where we could take care of the people. And that's the most important thing, because you understood that in, in, in ministry, it's so hard to get people to want to sow into something, and I, I had got so discouraged in that. And God had given, well, really, he didn't give me a vision. He just kind of just set me in it, and it mm -hmm. just grew from there. Yeah, I remember one year I helped you pass out some clothes. Yeah, back yeah, in Fayetteville. Yeah. yeah. And so you you travel now and do that, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I think the last place that we went was um, Atlanta. Okay, yeah. We went to Atlanta, our last place that God has sent us. 
And um, totally, he gets the glory for that. Uh, we was able to go there. Well, actually, we, we had went there so many times because I liked I like Atlanta, and we had a chance to go there and travel. And, and in traveling, you had the opportunity to see the poverty mm -hmm. and see how you know, it was hard for me to really to enjoy the vacation because of the rate of poverty that was around. And it was like you have five-star hotels, but then right around the hotels you have a conglomerate of, of homelessness. So it was like even when I was with my wife, I still was watching this, and I felt compelled to um, and led to do this. So, um, you know, it's, it's all about, and I say this with ministry, it's never about me or the ministry itself. It's just about being grateful to be in a position where God can use you and send you where there's a need. Mm -hmm. So you, you deep into that. So won't nothing pull you back or uh, get you back to where Because I know sometimes we all go through struggles in life and right, right, temptations right. and this right, and that. Right. Did you ever have any of that? Well, I, I, I'll say this, and I believe in being an open book. I, I'll say ministry is a place where... You can feel the emptiness and you can feel a void. And, and 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 I have experienced that because you get to a place where you help so many people and it's not re-administered inside of you. Mm -hmm. It's 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 like a place of discouragement because you have so many visions and you be like, okay, well, this is the direction that we need to go in. And you have so many people that are pulling from you. I need help here. I need help here. I need help there. And to and the Bible is really, it, the Bible is always right when it says that a prophet is hardly received in his own country. Mm -hmm. So in saying that, you can get into a place of discouragement. You can get into a place where you will start, as for me, I would say, you get in a place where you start saying, you know what? Let them have it for themselves. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to hear the word that God has given me, if you don't understand that God is using me to give you a word, then you know you get in a place where you be like, "Well, hey, it's on you," and that's not the way to be. And um, I think that that's the only place with me, per se. And I think that's what a lot of preachers that that we have to be so mindful of because the enemy, the Bible say, "Make no room for the enemy and refrain from the things that easily beset you." And I think at that particular juncture, for me, I had allowed room because mm -hmm. I had gotten to a place where I didn't want to share anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't want to make posters anymore. I didn't want to let people out the studying that I had to study. I didn't want to, to, to give it to them because I was like, well, if, if y'all feel that I'm not elected or selected to do this, then, you know, find your preacher that will. Mm -hmm. and, and that was a discouraged place for me. So in that, do you have a mentor that you talk to or that can pour to you as you pour out to others? Well, I'll say this, and the reason why I say this is because, like in prison, when I was in prison, I was in a position where the only person I can talk to for a long extended period of hours was God. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that there are not good mentors, because I'm a mentor. Right. And I'm just saying I'm so careful because... In my calling, I just need to hear from God, mm -hmm. and because I, I have a responsibility, and, and the people that 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 listen to me, I need to make because it's so easy to get caught up into the atmosphere of wanting to be more than what you're called to be. You have so many people that want to be an apostles, they want to be bishops, and I'm not attacking anybody in the right. fivefold. I'm just saying, for me particularly, I just like to hear God, mm -hmm. and because if I can just lay down and hear what God has to say 
that I feel confident enough to, to go out and to tell the people. And I don't want to be in a position where I'm listening to what a man would say to me. And I'm not saying that a mentor is bad, but for me and what I'm called to do, I just feel more comfortable letting God mentor me because mm -hmm. if I have the scriptures and I, I have the Holy Spirit and I, I'm hearing God directly, then I know and I feel comfortable and confident enough to go and tell a brother or a sister, but this is what, the, this is what thus says the Lord, or this is what God told me to tell you, or this is what I was told to preach, or even when, this is what I was told to post. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I feel more comfortable in that. And, and, and I think, you know, it, you have to be so mindful because you have so many different and this is no attack on the ministry. You have so many different wolves and sheep clothing. And, and, and in me coming home from prison, and I'll just say this, when I came home from prison, you have to understand, I, I didn't do anything for almost a year and a half, but just read and study. And I'm talking about, I can't even put a, a number of hours. Uh, we're talking about probably five, six hours a day just studying. So you have to understand, when me coming home from prison, and just walking into the atmosphere of the church, it was different for me because you have to understand, I never went to church. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that mm -hmm. wasn't my thing. Mm -hmm. So um, when I went into churches, it was like from what I was studying, it was inconsistent. So I, 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 I was kind of ostracized because I would find myself going, to, and it just is no attack, I would find myself going to preachers in the back room saying, wait a minute, you was out of order right here, right here, right here, right here, right here. This is not what the Word of God says right here, right here, right here. This is not how you're supposed to raise offering. This is this is not order. And and this is no attack on the, on, on, on the body of Christ because I love the body of Christ. But when I came home, every, I found myself in a, in a more of a defensive stand. And in that defensive stand, I found myself even in a greater place of loneliness because nobody wanted to facilitate with me. Nobody wanted to. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. I, no, well, uh, I'll tell you this. Yeah. I seen a post that you had yeah. posted when you said when you first started yeah. learning the Bible and, yeah. and getting yeah. into it that yeah. you was speaking of what you're saying, right. criticizing mm -hmm. preachers and pastors or whatever, right. or people who, who don't follow Christianity. Right, right. And... And you was talking about your own faults as far as yeah, my fault, the man. mind, you know, thinking Absolutely. different thoughts and stuff like that. Absolutely, because I was so strong in the word, and I will say this, and I say this to a lot of people, I was so strong in the word that I didn't allow room for grace to be shown to even those who were sitting in a position of authority in ministry because I was attacking, ah, attacking. Ah. I mean, I would, ah, because in my mind, all I can just see was the people. I when I came home from prison, it was just I. It, it was so odd because God had gave me a heart to protect the people. Like I went from being a ruthless menace to a a person that truly believed and felt, and today that it was my responsibility to protect the people. Like mm -hmm. like you know, you just can't things that I was seeing. But I I should have went up and I say this and I and I and I step on my own toes as God. I I should have did that a different way far as how I addressed a lot of different leaders because even they too, myself included, we we, we need grace. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes what happens is, is we fall into a custom of ministry. When I say custom of ministry, that means that we fall into a place that we see how our grandparents did it or we see how those did it before us and we, we become accustomed to this is the right time to shout or this is the right time to do this. Mm -hmm. and, and, and now we're getting outside of the biblical principles of God's word. And, and I had a problem with that. Mm -hmm. And I'll say that at all times. I, I have a, a, I love God's word. I, I mean, you have some, that's, I, I can look you in the eye and honestly <laughs> right. tell you that 
I love reading and studying. Mm-hmm. And 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 I have a problem, and I say it publicly, and I say it on any platform. I have a problem when the word of God is misconstrued. I don't I don't know how to shut up and right. be quiet when I see somebody misappropriating the word of God. I mean, I don't care who you are from the top to the smallest. And 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 I think that now in me being seasoned, that now I'm I'm in a position now where I can go to them and say, Well, hey, and not in an attacking way, mm-hmm. that I can say, This is how it is. And if they don't receive it, then I just dust my shoes off and I just keep on moving. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Let's move on. So how how did you you say RSO home repair? Right, yes, sir. How did you get, how, where you learn them skills at? Honestly, this and this is just the <laughs> truth for the truth. Though. And this is just being honest with. God gave me all of this. And mm-hmm. I can just say, I had no idea that RSO home repair construction was coming. I was actually working at a school as 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 a custodian, maintenance, bus driver. And and I'm going to be totally honest with you because I don't, if you got me here, let's tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Um I had a situation where the student had got smacked, and the student came up to me and said, hey, Mr. Jones, white kid. He said, hey, another student smacked me in the face. He was a black kid. And I I told the kid, I was like, listen, brother, for this type of behavior that you're displaying, there's only two places for you, in prison or somebody's going to try to kill you. Mm -hmm. So ultimately what happened was is that the parents didn't like that. So they, they called up to the school and... They were making a fuss about it, and what happened after that, they was wanting to suspend me because I had told the this, this student, listen, you know, because in my heart, I felt that it was a responsibility as a man to, to let this child know that I've come from this type of background, and I see what could potentially happen to you. So when they said something about suspension, I dare not name the school, but, you know, mm-hmm. we, we'll just say that I took my badge off, that right. I took my keys off, right. and I walked out the door mm-hmm. because I felt that being from the background that I came from, I felt that it was more detrimental for me to try to tell that kid from my experience versus looking at the fact that, you know, you're dealing with a lot of schools that get, you know, government funding for students. And I felt that it was more essential for me to talk to the student outside of that perimeter versus the fact that this this student is particularly getting money for him to go to this particular school. Mm. And um, from that moment, I promise you, from that particular moment that I made my stand, it was like God gave this to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, God gave me my first, the, the day that I walked out that school, the second day I had a flooring job. Now, mind you, I don't know nothing about laying down floors. Yeah, at at, you, at you this particular time, I don't know nothing about LVP, Smart Core, none of this. Now, you ask me anything today, I could build a house by myself, <laughs> you know. But at that particular time, I didn't know anything. It was like God was bringing me people that knew how to do all of these things. Like, my first guy that I I had with me, name was Carl. I love him to the day. And Carl could build anything, do anything. And Carl was with me for about a year and a half, two years. So as I was progressing and growing, I was learning everything from Carl. Even mm-hmm. though I was his boss, right. <laughs> I was learning everything, like mm-hmm. the land flooring, plumbing. Wait, how, how was you his boss? Like, Did you start... Yeah. You start the company without knowing anything or I you start, was working? Listen, God gave me this. I didn't know nothing. Listen, right. I, that's how. I, listen, this is how good I'm looking. At, I, this is for real. Right. I didn't know nothing, absolutely, positively nothing. Mm-hmm. Not only did God put me in a position to be a leader or in a, a place of authority, but He sent me somebody that knew everything, mm-hmm. and I, I I I gravitated to Him and I learned everything. Like while He was working for me in the company, I'm right there in the trenches with Him. Like, hey, I'm going to help you. And he, I, <laughs> 
I was really being a gopher, but I'm the boss, if that makes sense. <laughs> and um, it got because I didn't want to be in a position that somebody was just working for me, and I didn't know what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. And 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 as time started to progress, that first year, it was like God was just as I was as 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 the jobs were starting to come in. I was learning so much that that's why God said He give us the wisdom to gain wealth, and it was like as the jobs were coming in, excuse me, I was learning so much, mm-hmm. and it got to a point from plumbing, electrical, HVAC, painting, building decks, room additions, everything. It got to a point that you did it so much, and you had so many people like the plumbers, the guys that I had that would come and help. I was subcontract out for plumbing because I was that's what I do subcontract. And um, once I get the job, I subcontract it out, and I, I don't pay by the hour. I pay these guys by the job because I know how it felt to make $10 an hour. I know how it felt to be taken advantage of. So now when I'm in this type of position, I tell the guys, listen, you got three days to finish this job, or I'm going to give you 1000 or however it might be for the job. So in the process of that, it was like, God, I went to school for free. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that's just, I mm. went to school. Like, well, most people would go and learn how to do this, or you have certain people that grew up all their lives learning how to do this. It was like God had gave me the wisdom to, to be a sponge and, and, and to get to a point to now, like, you can read blueprints, you can sit in, and you can talk, you can. I give it all to him, brother, because honestly, I can sit here before you today and say that all the wisdom I have in home repair and all the wisdom that I have in construction he gave it to me. He put me in a position where I was a student, but I also was in a position of authority. And and that's I think a lot of times that's what we have to make sure that we don't never get away from. And even in being business owners, you have to have the mindset of always continuously being a student. And I wasn't prideful. I mean, you know, even when I had Carl, I wasn't prideful like I'm your boss. I was more like, okay, I'm going to pay you well. I'm going to take care of you because I believe in taking care of anybody who facilitates themselves with, with this company or just ministry and all. And I was just apt to learn. I wanted to know. Yeah, and that's that's what I tell people a lot. I know, you know, you have people that want to start businesses mm-hmm. or want to do things that they never just go ahead and just start and do it. Mm-hmm. And I know sometimes you have to have some kind of plan before you start. But right, right. Once you just set yourself to go ahead and do it. It, it it'll come, right? You know, I didn't set myself. Yeah, that's, I, what, I'm, that's yeah, what I'm saying. I didn't. But no, you didn't set yourself. Yeah, yes, Lord. But you started. Yeah, out forcefully. Yeah, yeah. I won't started. lie to you. I don't. Right. I would yeah. dare not take any credit nowhere. Right. I, I, I it, it, my whole situation. I had just brought a house, the house that we live in now, and that was the first time me becoming a homeowner. That was the first time me like the first my first car that I got. That you know, the first time I was in that position. So the job that I had at that particular junction was facilitating where we can take care of those things. So I had to make a decision on who I was going to serve and how I was going to stand up for what I say and what I believe in. And on a lot of occasions, you're going to have to make choices because I'll say the people that I worked for at that particular junction didn't believe in Christ the way that I did. And what they served in, in their doctrine was inconsistent of what I served and what I stood for. So there was going to be some friction there because you got to think, I'm walking around the school, I open up the school, I walk around the school, I'm anointing all the doors with prayer and oil, hmm. um, going in class, because I'm the first one on watch. I got a call about that, hey, Mr. Jones, you can't be walking around the school putting your prayer oil on doors, you can't be praying over the buses. And I understood that, but you have to understand my mindset because I'm dealing with people's children. Mm-hmm. So 
in dealing with people's children, I felt that that was my responsibility to make sure that they were covered because you don't know what they're getting at home. So I knew that it was only a matter of time for this was going to come. And, you know, when I made a decision to stand up for what I believed in, because like they said, you know, we're going to suspend you for two days for this. And I was like, well, you're not going to suspend me because I know that it was my responsibility to tell this child the outcome of this type of behavior. And if you don't see this, if, if you don't see the importance of what I said, then you are a stumbling block. And when I said, you, you have to be bold in what you say. And when, and when I said that, it, was, it wasn't received. And that's when I think at that particular time, they were trying to break me. Mm. They were trying to literally break me and try to put me in a position of shut your mouth. So did they know your past? Oh, yeah, they knew my past. Okay. Yeah, they knew my past. And uh, I think when, you, when you're dealing with non-believers that are driven by success or they're driven by money. Remember the Bible says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. And when you're driven by that and you're dealing with people who are dealing with different fundings and different grants, then they make the decisions based on the business and not decisions based on the facilitation of, of, of the people. Mm. And that's another thing why I asked God to let me do this because I wanted to be in a position where I can kind of, you know, if I wanted to go into a house and pray, I can do that. Mm. You know, like now, I, if I'm building a house or I've had my guys doing something and somebody's hurting, you know, I don't want to, like I had a student at that particular school that walked up to me and was like, hey, Mr. Jones, my mom and dad is about to have a divorce. Uh, can you pray with me? So, <laughs> You know me. We're in the middle of the cafeteria. Let's pray right now. Because <laughs> I don't care about right. the job. I just All I heard was this kid talk about, can you pray for me? So you know we got a call on that. <laughs> so um, that's another thing, reason why I'm so grateful about this company, because it, it puts me in a position where you can see the needs of the people outside of the perimeter of just going in and doing something for their home. You can really go in and, and you can be used by God. Thank you, God. You can be really used by God. To, to find out what the needs, like if you go into somebody's home and, and they're having problems in their marriage, you can sense it, you can pray for them. You don't even have to say anything. Or you, there could be a sickness in the house or a child could be astray. or There are so many different things that can happen and it's like God put you in these positions to be able to evangelize, even down to women. And that's why you have to be so careful. Like you you can go into a house and you can have a woman that 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 could be bound by a Jezebelic spirit. And I say that in the capacity, whereas, you know, she's looking for a man, but in the process of looking for one, she's allowing herself to succumb to the natural carnality of her flesh. And here it is, you have a man of God that comes into there and and now she she's trying to, to induce you with her womanly wiles. And you're able to stand up against that and evangelize to her. Mm -hmm. And what happens is that that calls or to promote a different change in her mind, the atmosphere of her mind, because now she can say, there are godly men out here that exist. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And to me, that's success. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. success when you can make a woman or, and you can make them be able to say, well, hey, you know, that, because, you know, we've, we've, we've been negligent in being men, all of us as a conglomerate and, and as a whole, even now that we're married, we look at our past and anytime we can be an example, it, it, it helps. So I'm really grateful that, this company allows not only that, but you know, this company has God has put it in a position whereas because all I asked for, it, just to be totally honest, the only thing I asked God for with this company is just to make sure my household was okay. Mm -hmm. That's all I wanted. Just God, 
pay my bills. Right. That's <laughs> just just make sure my bills is up, and then yeah. the rest of it, do whatever. And um, and I still feel that way today because, you know, success to me is being in, being in a position. I'm just talking from the heart. Success to me is being in a position to see the ones who are around you be blessed. Mm-hmm. I mean. I, you know, it's, it's, it's so hard for a rich man to enter to the kingdom of heaven. And I'm not saying that it's impossible, but in wealth, sometimes we start making decisions based on the carnality mindset versus spiritual. And that's in the church, that's in businesses, that's everywhere. So it's, it's always good to be in a place of, of humbleness and even as God is growing and raising your dominion. Yeah. So what's next for you? I don't know. You don't know. And the reason God, 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 gonna put you there. Yeah. Again, huh? I, I, I say that, it, it, and 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 this is just being honest. Um, I don't. The Bible say, "Trust in the Lord with all thy heart, leaning not to our own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge Him. He would direct your path." So I can honestly look you in the eyes and say, "I don't know," because I can only do or go what wherever I'm sent. Right. So I don't. I don't. I don't plan nothing for me. I don't, and I know that might sound kind of negligent, but like when I pray in my prayer room, my prayer is, God, what's next? Mm-hmm. You know, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to speak? What do you want me to say? Um, how many days do you want me to fast? How long do you want me to pray? What do you want me to, it, because I, I've, I've gotten into a place of just total dependency because I'm stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm I'm honest. I'm a, I'm the brother. I'm stupid on my own. I'm a I'm, all of us. Right. You stupid. You stupid. Everybody's stupid right. on our own mm-hmm. because we're incapable of making decisions that will put us put us in a place of 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 godly kingdom mindset. So that's why God said, "Trust in me." Because once we get into that place, that's why He said, "You must be as one of these little children if you want to enter into the kingdom of God." That means total dependency. That means you trust God in everything. That God, that's um, when a man can wake up. That's in a position of authority or a position where he could tell another person where to go and how to go and what to do, but can literally say, "Hey, I don't know nothing without God." See, that's affirming, acknowledging God, saying, "God, no matter how much you've raised me up, I'm still dependent on you as a child." So that's why I'm in a position now that I can't. I don't know what I couldn't even tell you what tomorrow would bring. Mm. So look, I'm gonna ask you this. I asked somebody else this. Okay. If you can go back mm-hmm. and do it all over again, would you do it? No. Why is that? Now, say, my, I ask you that because I hear a lot of people say it made them, them who they are today. But if I can go back and do it over again, I'm not going to prison. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, I want, but I, I needed prison. Mm-hmm. You see, the reason why I wouldn't change it is because I, I, I laugh and joke with my wife and I tell her, well, hey, boy, if I didn't go to prison, if I didn't get in trouble, I could have been into the NFL. Mm -hmm. And that's true. Mm -hmm. I mean, we know this, but you have to think, if I didn't go through the furnace, then I I wouldn't have been molded and shaped and I wouldn't have been prepared. I wouldn't, all the the, the pain and all of the the, the situations that I went through prepared Mm -hmm. me for what God had called me to become. So... I dare not say that that I would want to go back and change it because not even being shot thirteen times. I, but see, that's the testimony. But see, you if you look at it, if you look at the fact of me being shot thirteen times and me to be able to sit here before you and 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 to be able to not in a wheelchair, no right. crutches, uh, no colostrophy bag, uh, 
I'm sound in my mind. Um, that's a testimony in itself. So how dare I go back and say, well, God, I don't want to be shot 13. I'm glad I got shot 13 times because mm. that's a testimony that acknowledges Christ and says, well, you know, because if you looked at my medical chart, you know, even the doctors, even, listen, even the doctors, and bro, you know, you was there. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I mean, we're not, you understand, yeah. you can't, can't, cut, you cut, can't cut my hair yeah, while yeah. I was in the hospital. Right, come, right. come on now, let's right. be real. We're going to be real. <laughs> yeah. So even the doctors were like, God had put me in a position where the doctors were coming into my room saying, there's no way this man's supposed to be living. Hmm. So that means that God was using me to evangelize to doctors, to nurses, because they couldn't figure out why is he living? Like, why is he still here? So to me, that, that was a beautiful thing because even in, my, even in a trial for myself, God was using me, unbeknownst to me, to reach out to those who were around me. So I would dare not say that I wouldn't, wouldn't want to be shot again. And, and, you know, I wouldn't want to go through that experience again. But at the end of the day, I love who I am. I love what I've become. And, and, and I wouldn't change it in everything that I've had to experience because even with the word of God, if, if I wasn't X. If I wasn't R. Jones Bay, I wouldn't be Pastor Rowe. Hmm. Remember now, I had to be able to understand the Quran and its fullness to defend the Bible. In order to understand the, the biblical principles with the Moorsized Temple, even with the, the today's Israelites, the ones that are marching it, I would have to have lived that lifestyle in order for them to be able to come to me. Because you have some brothers that's going to come and be like, hey, am I really doing the right thing? And they need somebody that's well-versed in what they're being taught to be able to show them what this is the way. So I would dare not change that because I needed all of the study and I needed all of the different elevations that what God was doing. I needed to be locked up. I needed to be in a position where I was crying. I needed to be in a position where I felt lonely. I needed to be in a position where I felt that I had no friends. I needed to be in a position where I felt like I wasn't loved because see, now my total dependency is, is, is Christ. I don't even care if my wife leave. I can look you in your face. That's your sister. <laughs> and I'll be totally honest with you. Yeah. I don't care about wife. Mm -hmm. Kids are nothing when it comes to standing on that word because that's what prison taught me because that's all I had when I was in there. I didn't have, you as you all, everybody know, mail call, you're not worried about mail call, so that put me in a position. I'm reading, I'm studying. So I felt completed and filled. Mm -hmm. So what would you tell a young kid growing up, struggling, getting in the streets today? What would you tell them? I would literally say that in the midst of your troubles, there's a place of deliverance. But the only way that that deliverance would be found is, is that you cry out and ask to be delivered. There are many places that you're going to find yourself in, and there are many situations that you're going to find yourself in that you're going to see that God was trying to deliver you. But total freedom is to first be free in spirit, then you be free in mind. So if you're tired of being in captivity in your mind, which has caused you to be in captivity in the physical aspect, then he who the sun sets free is free indeed. Hmm. But there you have it. Another episode of the Impel Ford Podcast. If you like what you saw, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the Impel Ford Podcast.